everybody to another episode of this is just my opinion i am your host miss cassie and of course i got my other friend my lovely co-host shana watts what's up do you want to introduce our guest today sure 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 so we have we're doing part two of interracial dating so we brought back jess hello and Like um, I mentioned on the last time, the last uh, part that we did for interracial dating, I said I wanted to bring my brother back. So my brother is on this episode, Isaiah. Hello, how's it going? I didn't know y'all talked about me, but I guess we'll get into that. (laughs) We didn't talk about you. I was just like, oh, I should invite him just because, you know, he's been in in an interracial relationship. So yeah, yeah. I said I might bring a, a lot of different things into one. So I'll try to stay focused. And uh, thank you for having me. (laughs) We heard Jess's perspective because she's also in an interracial relationship. So it'll be good to hear your perspective, like experiences with it. So thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes. So how about we just jump into it? All right. So I guess, Isaiah, kind of tell us your like your experience overall with dating outside your race. Um, Yeah. In order to even talk about where I am right now, I think uh, I have to go back. So I, I, I mean, Shana was there, but I've, I've learned that all of our siblings have had very different uh, perspectives on uh, our childhood. Um, I grew up with, uh, uh, I grew up with, uh, I true, I'm not going to lie. I don't care if anybody hears this. Like uh, I grew up with a father who was, um, uh, in my eyes, um, very um, homophobic, and was against, he was against the feminine. Um, he got married because he had a kid, not because of uh, love. And he would always say things in terms of like, "Hey, I, I'm so you know, I we grew up in the, the suburbs, so it's predominantly white." Mm-hmm. And he would always say, "Man, you're lucky you get to date white women. You're lucky you get to see white women." And uh, this is. 10 years before my parents even separated. So that was ingrained in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then I can just, that was just stuck in me. And even before the divorce, it was always in my mind, like, oh man, like, am I, is black beautiful? Am I beautiful? I hate, I, and I, I didn't like myself. And I'm sure I could save the rest of that conversation for a colorist episode. But there was definitely times in my life where I was like, man, I don't know if I, I wasn't seeing black as beautiful as I do today and it was it was kind of ingrained with I feel like it was ingrained in me because of I wanted my dad's approval my dad wasn't always there and it led me into you know pathways that weren't weren't ideal or thought processes that weren't um, the best for me and so I struggled with dating a black person um, or and just even being myself because I felt like it wasn't what was going to make me or my dad proud. And I was very confused. Um, and then, so going forward, I, I dated um, Filipino, Mexican, um, and then recently has been um, this whole situation um, with a white person. And um, 
from my perspective, when it came to interracial dating, um, it wasn't like I was being um, used. I, I, it was interesting. Um, she was, sorry, they were very um, woke and they were very pro um, left. They were very into, <laughs> they were very into. I got like, words, but I'm gonna let you finish. Uh, they seem to be very into um, doing the work on the ground, going out to protest and things like that, right? Um, but then it got to a point where I was putting myself aside to make someone else happy. And so when Black Lives Matter came up, it was a really big deal. And there was protests and the store I worked at was even like affected. But later down the line, I realized like, is this person is so pro-Black, but they, they're not living the Black experience. And so for me and my relationship, I had to be like, man, are you black or am I black? Because yeah, we can go down to that protest, but you're not thinking, I'm thinking about what happens if the cops turn on me and you get to go and walk into situations where it doesn't affect you the same way. Right. And so you can be so woke, you can fly flags, you can, you can live a life that because you, the color of your skin, you're privileged to live mm -hmm. and not really have to think about, even if you're so woke you know and I just felt like I needed to to separate from that take a step back and uh really think for myself and figure out who I was and that was really the name of the game that whole relationship uh figuring out who I was and like not letting people uh take advantage of me because there was a lot of white supremacy in that situation even with someone who was super you know woke right um I was in situations where money was money was being manipulated I was being manipulated I was being threatened um rent wasn't paid um stuff was stolen from me and all because um they wanted to make me stay there and suffer quote end quote um and so Cassie I told you I was ready to fly out there and be <laughs> um, I was ready to beat that person's ass so this um, you meet, where'd you meet this person if you don't mind me asking I met this person on Bumble in uh, Southern California multiple times. I just like kept going on and matching and then not really talking to this person. Um, and then eventually we we met up and um, we we were just like, oh, cool. And um, I think for me, I I don't know how deep I'm supposed to go into this, but I guess I'll just say my piece. Oh, I grew up in, in a Christian household and it was very confusing, right? Because my parents were going to the church to get therapy, but my dad was sleeping with tens of women in different states. Um, so <laughs> like, I wasn't, um, I, th I think that was, that blurred the lines for me and like what, and then sexuality and re read a book. Um, it was adult children of narcissistic parents. And now I'm, I'm reading, um, Relationship Goals by Pastor Michael Todd. Um, just going to drop those in there in case anyone wants to check them yeah, out. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think those really helped me to realize the patterns that I'd learned growing up. Like, oh, I've been people pleasing and not just in my uh, romantic relationships, um, but I've been being taken advantage of. Advantage of um, and I spoke about this actually on my podcast too, about joining a cult. <laughs> I I got I got lost. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't I lost myself and I was trying to get back into uh, spirituality and people took advantage of me and uh, 
I was lost and I, I just got caught up and people were telling me not to talk to my friends, not to talk to my family and that they were, you know, that they were my new family. And I was like, hold up, hold up. I got to call my mama. And um, mm -hmm. so like that experience from me growing up and my dad telling me certain things or even, or just not being there and not speaking a certain way, or my dad saying, Hey, you know, I wish you could, I could date a white person that made me not look at myself or black people the same. And it made me not uh, be able to have healthy relationships. Um, and that's what one of the therapists said that I've spoken to as well. Um, so yeah, even with the whole spirituality thing, I'm, I'm surprised I'm even back here, but the last situation I was in, um, kind of helped me forge my own path in terms of like, uh, meditating and all of this, all of these other things to just grow and learn and be here and to, um, <clears throat> you know, not let other people instill fear and have that people pleaser mindset. I think it can be really interesting to, um, based on where you are as an individual and your own journey mm -hmm. and how you interact, uh, white saviorism mm -hmm. and how that, can, that is so harmful. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's hard to pinpoint depending on where you are. Um, so it's interesting to see that manifest in different ways, um, especially like that was a lot going on here in Minnesota with the George Floyd. out like the thing when you said that you know, she'll do certain things um, in disregard to like you. Yeah. As like, you know, they're able to like approach things differently, but us, we got to be a little bit more cautious. Yeah. I just thought it, it was interesting because just last um, episode that we did this, you know, she mentioned the same thing with her boyfriend and how, you know, he'll go and talk to like, oh, let's go say, you know, such and such to this neighbor. And you're like, we can't be doing all of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was a police officer. Oh, police oh, no. Sorry, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. It wasn't just a name. <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know what? Another, like, interesting... I, I would just want to hear, like, from, like, a white person or non-Black person perspective on their, like, interracial dating. So that would be, like, maybe a part three. <laughs> maybe. There was a lot... Well, no, not just specifically the partner although I did not like them I did not like them especially um I think the 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 quote-unquote wokeness I think that was one of the things that initially was like oh mm, something right here I don't like it I don't mm -hmm. like it um because they seem so so pro-black mm -hmm. even though they were not black and they considered themselves an ally mm -hmm without in my opinion doing the work or being recognized by those that they were seeking the allyship from their friends were um black in college and they um were a uh, child to missionary parents so they lived all around and um so went to college with um and and you know went to school with and i guess uh fit in with the international students because they were technically international and then was able to to go to school with people that were actually from you know African or with Af had African descent and maybe um, that's the maybe that's what they too for a lot of those that do hang around or grew up grew up around people of color they maybe think that's a pass for them to you know be considered an ally when 
in actuality it doesn't mean anything but mm -hmm. Talked to, i brought up the whole spirituality and religious stuff just because i felt like i was in the position um i was i had never had sex before and i felt like i was in the position where everyone else around me was and i wanted to fit in and so this partner was someone who was like oh you want to you know we want to get this and i was like you know what i'll put who i am aside and like what i believed in to do this and then it, it really didn't really lead anywhere and so i i've definitely become someone who's um thought about had to put way more thought into like okay like how much does this mean to me and then sex could just be fun for people i have friends that are just like you know there's they're like they're just figuring it out they're sleeping around and i'm having no place to to judge them but for me i definitely was like okay um i've learned a lot from the situation and i have to um really think about who someone is in, instead of and who they who they can be or what they can um bring to the table instead of it being so narrow-sided i i was so i was so focused in on on sex initially that i was blinded i wasn't seeing to the side or around me and i wasn't listening um and that i feel like every interracial relationship i've had has ended up that way and my, you know my mom's always known best somehow like my mom will meet someone and be like nope and it's always been that way um and, <laughs> I'm and, laughing because I know like our mom is kind of harsh so she doesn't just say no like she just be coming at your neck and you like dang mom like, yeah and you, and you, yeah and you don't want to um you don't want to believe it and then things things worked out that way and we kind of had the the whole relationship started off wrong too I'm trying to get through this quickly we just ended up living together right off the jump, like pandemic started and it was like, boom, all right, I guess I'm going to push all my friends to the side. And I put aside all my relationships with my friends and family to try to make this work and ended up living with them with them for two years and then got proposed to and um, thought my life was over and um, all of these other things. And I wasn't seeing other people and they were buying things and buying dogs. And I was just like, I was just sitting on the sideline um, instead of being like, okay, I need to get out of here. But I'm, I'm actually really proud of myself that I was able to do that. Someone that grew up in that situation of always trying to people please and please my dad and all this stuff. Um, and then I finally was just like, I had enough. And uh, yeah, November of last year, I booked the flight to Sacramento to see my mom and my friends. And they were like, why are you doing that? Why are you going to see that? Now I got to take care of the dog. And I was like, I've been taking care of the dog seven days a week. I haven't seen my friends for years because of this pandemic and then booked the flight to Austin. I saw my, my brother and had a college interview um, and then ended up seeing my little sister and family um, and stayed a little bit longer. And that ticked them off. And I was like, man, this person isn't putting, didn't ask me about my interview, about how it went. You know, I'm getting, I'm trying to get a doctorate of physical therapy. Like that's a big deal. And it felt like um, they dropped out of school and wasn't really on that trajectory. And then I, I kind of knew like, oh man, like if I move somewhere else, do I really want to bring this person with me or back up to Sacramento with my mama? Like, no, like that's not what I want. And so I had to slowly at the end of last year figure out what was best for me. And like family is, is should be should be top tier and <laughs> should be up there. Um and I just was like, no, I'm not gonna choose you over my family. Then the manipulation that came after that, um, to me trying to sleep in separate rooms and like they would come in and then they were it was trying to they were just manipulate trying to be manipulative in every way. And then um whether it was sexually, financially or all of these other things and I just I just stayed strong and um I just wanted to do what was best for me and then and then the, the rest is history they took the tv and all that stuff <laughs> well, 
I mean, congratulations for getting out of that. I mean, that sounds very toxic to say the least and i don't think that has anything personally to do with her race but yeah yeah the individual was trash so yeah yeah that's I, what i was I, you seem like a a very you know kind person so i mean I'm, I'm happy that you finally found you know straight to to walk away from that situation um do you feel like the reason you stayed was for the appearance and like you said the acceptance maybe of like your father that's why I was worried I was like Shayna I don't know if I got I got so much more to say than just about race but that's so involved too when they, when... I mean I think personally especially because of where we grew up mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like Isaiah mentioned we grew up in the suburbs we grew up in rural suburbia so it was very country um and it was very white. There was a lot of biracial children, like that was the norm. Um, and there was a lot of white women dating black men because that was um, accepted there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that black girls were treated as if they were ugly or mm-hmm. not cute. Like I was treated that way. So then, like I mentioned before, for these the same boys to come back now and mm-hmm. be like, oh, you're really pretty. Oh, I like your natural hair or this or that. And like, y'all treated I had, me like I was dirt. I had that too in, um, cause I went to high school half in New York and then half in Iowa. And so it was exactly how you're describing it where a lot of biracial kids, a lot of black men dating white women Mm -hmm. um and then years later you know you get people in your dms talking about you know i always had a crush on you it's like but you only dated white women like where Mm -hmm. are you coming from (laughs) so i never understood that like what i think that was like uh um because i grew up in new york everybody just you, you you look good you look good like we just dated everybody it didn't bother um us at all whoever you dated but I think when I moved to the Midwest it was like a whole different culture and and even talking to some of these black men and they like literally um stereotype me and it's like Mm -hmm. your mother is black so why you got like why do you carry so much hatred for black Mm. women or this ideology that we're just loud and ghetto or whatever but Uh, that uh, And to that point, like our older brother was very. He didn't date no black woman, really. He didn't, yeah, he didn't date no black woman. He, he was very, he very much. He fit he in to this this culture. He was the token black boy, very weird. Like I think instead of leaning away from it, he leaned into it. Mm. Whereas I was like, I'm gonna make myself as small as possible and be quiet and just get through this so I can get out. Um, Our middle brother is just the life of the party. Like he's the person that gets along with everyone. Mm -hmm. So- I'm sorry, Shayna, how many siblings you got? I got six siblings, girl, six. (laughs) (laughs) My parents is out here wilding. I feel like a bad friend. I'm just like, how many siblings does this girl got? The household that we grew up in was me and three brothers. And there was an aunt and a cousin. And an aunt and Annette, yes. Huh? This is your mom's side, right? Or yes. both, between both? We have the same No, mom. this is my mom's side. Okay. So oh. it was, you have more it was on your me. Dad's side? 
I, yes, I have my two sisters mm-hmm. on my dad's side. Okay. And then Isaiah has his younger you. sister. I think that that ingrained self-hate definitely was um, a part of the culture in which we grew up. And then, like Isaiah said, we grew up in a Christian household. I, like, it, it's so weird to see how we all grew up in the same household and how we all internalized so it differently <laughs> and, and treated it differently. So I grew up being, like, the protector. Like, I'm going to protect me. And, like, it makes me emotional, actually. Like, because I was like, I have to protect me because no one else is. Mm. Yeah. I have to protect them. And then Take your time, Shisha. I'm sorry. Like literally growing up and like not realizing that your your stepfather or your father is taught like he's a narcissist and he's an alcoholic and just all these other things. Like my mom even said recently she thought he was uh, bipolar. So like growing up with that and then because of his personality and the way he is from the outside looking in people being like oh my god I love your family I love your dad like you guys uh it must be so fun living in that house I'm like my brothers like again like how we all internalize it differently I'd be like I don't like that man I'm not about to pretend to like that man and that was literally like the crux of the issue between me and him constantly because he wanted a daughter that was going to worship him and love him. And I was like, but I'm not your daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm not your child. I have a father. Mm-hmm. So we would get into like, we would have issues there. Cause one, I was like, I have a dad. And two, I see what you're doing. I see how you treat my mother and I don't like it. And I'm going to call you out on it. Mm-hmm. So that was like how I had to protect myself. Within that house, but then again, Isaiah being like he was the people pleaser, and he was just like you know, yeah. especially when the divorce happened, like the shit that that went down because he was the only one in the house at the time. Like our middle brother stayed in Texas. Mm-hmm. Our older brother at the time, I think he was in Washington because he was deployed. Like he was, and he's in the military. Mm-hmm. So it was just like I don't know. I don't have a relationship with that man anymore. No um uh-huh. even though he's like he's wanted to have a relationship with me and he said happy birthday maybe once in the eight years since they've broken up or something it's been eight years right yeah uh it's been it's been um it's- seven years almost six okay. seven yeah because i it was literally as soon as i started this with this company that is when everything started going left so it's just like and he, the re, he left our mom for a white woman, and mm-hmm. she was also younger. Like she was in her early thirties at the time. So like he thought he had just leveled up, and was like, you know, he got his wife. All the women he cheated with were white. Um, biracial baby. He got his he got his biracial baby. He got his daughter. So this man thinks he's living large. He's not though. Uh, and yeah it's just we can do the effects on parenthood maybe in a different episode (laughs) of parenting especially how it affects their children but like the whole interracial thing like he he literally had it in his head like for him to be winning he needed to have a white woman and he was like oh he got a younger woman and just oh it it just makes it yucky 
I told you it's hard to stay focused. There's so much that is like, I can't just, that I, I wanted to tell that because I know Shana, I probably brought up my relationship in the past and I wanted to get that out, but there's so much more um, that's packed in like to under the umbrella of interracial. There, It's so much deeper than just my romantic relationship. It's like all of that and, um, you know, my dad and what who he's dating now and who he's dated in, or slept with in the past and my older brothers and who I saw as a role model, who I wanted to be like. I was like, oh, I just want to be like my dad growing up. And then you grow up and you realize that we're just the children of children. That man's probably eight years old mentally. Um, Child. So, But what's crazy is even our older brother, who we never saw dating a Black, mm -hmm. is now married to a Black woman. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like he and the way he dealt with all of the family issues was literally by removing himself. He disappeared for years. in contact was because the the woman he's married to like when he was dating her she has a very close tight-knit relationship with her family and she was like no you need to start you need to fix this um and then the unproblematic unproblematic brother the middle one uh even him he was you know out here he don't be telling people for real when he's dating because he knows i'm nosy (laughs) me and christian talked to him recently and he's just I'm pretty sure he's just dating, dating around, but he's also in therapy. Like I know he's, it's, it, I didn't realize he always puts on a smile and a, a good face too, but you never, I never realized that he was hurt, probably hurting as well with, you know, he lost two marriages, his, his mom and my, his dad, and then my mom and his dad again. And I don't know how that's affected them. And then he, it, it's interesting to hear, um, because I don't, I don't know his perspective, perspective. Like he doesn't really say much, like he said. And then to hear Shayna, how much you know, how much emotion she had, and I had, you know, I had no perspective on that, and um, I didn't know that I was just so young. Like uh, I think Shayna is eight years older than me, so I was just trying to live in La La Land while so much was going on around me. And I just want to say that if you need something done or you need some policies changed or you need someone to to have your back or speak up for you, it has only been uh, black women, especially Shayna, who would call Alaska airlines. <laughs> she would call Alaska airlines and get there, get there a whole um, missed flight policy change. If you fly Alaska, you can thank Shayna. <laughs> Truthfully. Child. Uh, Shayna will go in though. Like she won't let up on something like for sure. Like, mm, yeah yeah like um but kudos to your brother in therapy i'm all here for black men in therapy that's Mm, yeah of the bravest things you could do nowadays um for yourself to break this generational curse that keeps happening to all of us um like even with your dad like i'm curious to know how his and i'm you don't have to answer but you know maybe like his parents like your grandparents um you know we're raising him or it's like because it comes from somewhere you know so I'm sure it's just some type of trauma gets getting passed down marriages were very similar my dad's only goal was to be better than his father yeah and that was his only goal right and he just ended up repeating the same patterns um there was there was abuse in his parents relationship 
And while I don't know, I don't believe he ever hit my mom. I still remember him standing over her um, and throwing mm-hmm. things and breaking the wall and the police were called and I had to equip myself. I was ready for anything. Um, I don't know if I've ever told anyone that story but I don't think you told me but mom told me and that's when mom said she realized that she was just gonna stay there and just be like this is our house like not gonna kick me out and then when she told me the story was she was like I need to get my son out of here because I don't want any him to go to jail or anything yeah it's crazy how I mean this is still underneath the umbrella of interracial because I'm watching my black parents and then their black parents and then their black parents just repeat the same, same things. Mm. And maybe my dad was like, man, if only it was a white person, I'm not going to justify it. Like that's probably going back to what just said, like the white savior. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I could just see what, if I could just have what they had on TV or if I could just, if I could just, if I could just be Kanye and Kim, it's like, no. You need oh. to work on yourself, dog. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of abuse, I don't, like I said, I like Isaiah said, I don't think there was ever any physical hitting. Um, I do know there was financial abuse. There was intimidation mm. and coercion. Mm. There was um, emotional and mental abuse. Like this is all very traumatizing to me and how I view relationships, right? as a as a black man i looked at black relationship and i heard about a black relationship and i heard about a black relationship where they picked cotton and the dad was always gone and then they and then my dad he didn't pick cotton but he's working three jobs as we speak and he's not there for he wasn't there for everything that was going on and uh we're stopping that we're stopping that immediately um i'm doing everything in my power spiritually reading therapy um and everything in my power to to learn and, and do um, better. I've had to do, I talked to my mom. This is another kind of conversation that probably no one's ever heard. We were driving and I was, um, I just got out of a relationship with um, someone who's not, I've never dated a black person. Uh, and I told her, you know, she was like, why, why, why won't you date? Why won't you date a black woman? Why, all this. And I was just like, I have no idea. You want me to date someone as black as this road? And that when that was uh, we hadn't um, that was a moment where me with me I was like, fuck, I have been internalizing everything that has been. I'm just be real with y'all. We can we can be real. Oh, right? Are like, you you acknowledging it? That's like I was like, fuck. I grew up and I was that person in Calvert County, uh, calling the black girls ugly. I was I was that person that said you don't want to date someone as black as that road. I was I was that dude who <clears throat> who was you know caught I was living that same I was on that same path to to be that guy who, who was telling his kids that you're lucky to you see a white person you're lucky to and um I realized that was in like 2016 and I realized from then on that I had to change and I had to that was not good um and so I've been on this journey of apologizing to everyone that I've said uh, mean things to, uh, and even to myself, like I've had to be like, dang, you messed up, but are you going to stay down and out? <laughs> are you going to let people keep continue to walk over you and tell you how to feel or what to do? And I'm just like, no. Um, and 
I mean, I, I stand here saying like, man, black is beautiful and, and black women are, are so strong and amazing. And I would not be here without black women. But it's crazy that it took me 23 years to be able to say that. Um, and that's so sad. And if you like look at the, re even I don't even know if it was just our family dynamic and everyone that everyone shared, it seems to be like, look how privileged like these men are whether it was brothers or parents or whatever, look how privileged these men are. They're, they're trying something. They're saying how they're saying this to, maybe they're trying to say this to fit in, or maybe it's what they see on TV. And then they come crawling back to black women when the thing is, is over. And how crazy is that? Um, and that's not something to be ecstatic about. That's not, uh, that's not cool. And that's not a nice state um, for the black community to, to be in um and so i'm glad that we can all be honest open and transparent and um speak about what needs to be done to change everyone's uh mindset and perspective on blackness and what it means to be black because like shana said we grew up i mean no i personally grew up wanted to be white my mom told me a story the other day i was like why has everyone else got a white mom? I want a white mom. I want a white mom. Like, why I can't get a white mom? And she was like, dang. So that was, that's from a little kid. That's not even from, that's not even me being a teenager. So um, no, I, I obviously didn't mean it. Like I, there wasn't a lot of thought that went into that, yeah. but isn't that crazy for a little kid to, to say? Um, so I just, I don't know. I can just hope and pray that people can, can hear this and, see this and see that everyone is is beautiful why and why 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 are we comparing and stacking things up and people are just being fed information and not even think for themselves and about where they came from and, and stuff like that so it's um it's important to talk about this so i'm glad that this is a, here i'm sorry i have a question um mm -hmm. but first like it's just it's i think our mom definitely did her best to try and instill black love in us and like pride in ourselves mm -hmm. um and it's just again like we are the product a product of the environment we grew up in mm -hmm. as well and like the people around us so it wasn't just her that was influencing us mm -hmm. but our mom has made a joke before that you need to stop dating outside of your race and that to me or no, to both of us, that she said that I need to start, stop dating black men and start dating outside my race. And that Whoa. you need to I start dating more black women because I tend, like, I guess she sees it as me um, dating black men exclusively, which I don't know that she knows that I've dated outside my race before, not seriously, mm -hmm. but like I've dated outside of our my race. And she's like, maybe if you did but honestly I don't know that she's wrong like if I exclude you can't I don't think you can people outside you know outside of my race like I don't know that I won't find someone especially because mm -hmm. we do have problems within the black community and especially like some black men who feel a certain type of way towards black women I needed those was what you had and what you whatever you know vice versa it's just interesting how um, she said that. Like the very thing I needed to do was what you were doing and then the thing you needed to do was what I was doing. And um, I think 
even though that's that sounds so basic and simple it's like mosh what are you talking about it can be i don't know it could just be a testament to like the same thing like someone needs in a person or a relationship or a partner can be the exact thing uh, that you're missing or you can fill that role so just wanted to throw that little sermon in there um but <laughs> um i do see myself um being open to all uh races um because i don't want to i think the worst thing you can do is is force yourself into a corner i my last relationship was forcing myself into a corner because i wanted to have sex i wanted um so i don't want to i don't want to exclude anybody um whoever god has for me god has for me and i'm just continue to to work on myself and be the best self and keep keep reading these books, keep praying up and um, learning and growing from the situation. Um, I do know the most growth for me in my life has come from when I am uncomfortable. Um, the last six, five months have been uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Having to figure out um, moving to another state and, you know, what did I, you know, uh, it takes two to tango, right? So I was in a relationship with this white person what did I, what is there stuff that I did wrong in that situation where I could have learned from? Um, and that kind of led me back into reading the book about narcissistic parents. And I was like, oh man, the same pad, I did replicate some of those patterns and I wasn't, I wasn't goody. I wasn't the, you know, the best partner either. There was stuff that I could have um, done better and uh, communication could have been better. Um, I didn't need that information for that book. I'm- which one? Oh, oh. okay yeah like yeah it's good it's it's good and um I had no and yeah this whole this whole situation of being uncomfortable has led me to different avenues and trying new things that I never would have done before I, I don't read books I don't read books Shana reads books I don't read books but, <laughs> <laughs> but I um but you know to humble yourself to humble yourself to put yourself in that uh that position humbling yourself you are god yeah if you allow me god don't love anyone more than anyone else my ex he don't love he doesn't love me more than he he loves them and um whatever you believe in we love he okay well i mean that's yes but um i had i had to i had to just humble myself i know what made i was doing the podcast and i had to stop because that whole breakup was happening and um I had to realize like how I, I, I was thinking about so many things like why do people need to hear me or why do people want to hear me and um you know kind of questioning my you know what I want to do and what my worth and what I should be doing at that moment to to become the best me and for me that was just taking a pause from certain things and and trying new things I fasted for the first time um I did rock climbing I went camping um, I've done a whole bunch of fasting, um, so I know. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, um, and you know, I don't just pull from one situation. That the the situation with um, the whole situation where it was kind of messed up, um, it was humans doing me dirty, um, and I needed to walk on my and figure out my own relationship with God because that's not what anyone on the TV or in the church is really going to tell you. You know, I'm you're not supposed to. Pastor Michael Todd, you know, 
if I listen to everything he says and do everything he says, then I don't think I'm living my life right because yeah. you know, <laughs> that little controversial speech. Ex- exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's about your relationship with God and listen to him. It's not, a, it's about taking what you can. The only good thing my dad ever said to me, <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he said, um, constructive criticism was, you know, hearing people out and then taking the bits that you felt like you can learn and agree with and use to better yourself. And if it doesn't apply, then it doesn't apply and keep it pushing. Um, so whether, you know, that's spiritually in life or with your, your job, that's what I've, I've been trying to do. I feel like I'm off track. I'm trapped from the, uh, the question you asked. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what you felt in your heart to say, um, I just kind of want to reiterate, like, you know, you obviously had more of a negative experience um, when you dated that non-Black person, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, we don't say that's all interracial relationships. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's obviously <clears throat> having um, a very positive experience. And, it's a good disclaimer. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you could go back and listen to part one and she'll, yeah. you know, express some of the challenges she had to face, but mm-hmm. um, I guess I'm going to kind of redirect the conversation to our topic again. Good. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> okay, so by the time everybody hear this, this is going to have happened a couple weeks ago, but obviously there was that shooting that happened in Buffalo. Wow. Was it yesterday uh, where yep. a white supremacist teenager, 18, year old, 18 years old, went into a predominantly black community grocery store and killed 10 people who were people of color essentially so um i mean unfortunately we this is nothing new for us we're kind of expected to you know be cautious and and aware of what's going on um you mentioned that your ex she was or they were like woke and you know, played that part, but Mm -hmm. when these kind of situations happen, like, you know, did you guys have a hard time talking about, like, what was y'all experience together? I mean, obviously you guys had a lot else going on, but like, what was your experience when it came to those type of like hard um, discussions? Yeah. And like you said, um, it wasn't, it wasn't all bad, obviously, like, um, it was yeah just stuff stuff happened yeah it happens um but when so when we were together was the beginning of the whole black lives matter movement taking off um and did that i'm sorry did that start with the i didn't start with george floyd that was that did but it got really big around the the, the okay because i'm like big. i feel it like t- i've t- heard that term before that it took off yeah. yeah i was it took off is what i was saying, okay. trying okay. to say it really took off like it became probably yeah. big bigger than it could handle yeah. um but um so during times like that we would we would discuss um but i felt like i was i i love everybody i love everybody and um but this is just I felt like I wasn't always in the best position to speak. Like, um, obviously, I would speak from um, emotions when people that look like me are 
are being killed um but if you're you can't always be uh emotional you can't always act out of emotion um like i don't know if like if i don't know if if martin luther king just spoke from emotion i don't know if he would have lived as long as he did even though stuff happened but um uh, they were very um pushy i'll say like if things weren't discussed the way that um they wanted um even their relationship it was like uh try to like a push or a nudge in that direction to kind of do what they wanted to do mm. um so whether it was to go and to protest or um make signs it was just like oh, every other relationship that had come prior to that um i was just along for the ride and still trying to collect my thoughts it was it's hard for me to get punched in the mouth like that when uh people you know of of color in general are being of being killed and then for someone to kind of rush you to the front lines in front of the police is like mm -hmm. kind of of mind-boggling so i think there was um for me it was just little time to think and quick to action which that could be good in some circumstances i'm sure um but i couldn't really collect my thoughts with so much happening at once there's there was people throw starting fires at the store i worked at they set the store on fire um there was people protesting peacefully there was people fighting the police and then the national guard came and so it was there was so much escalation it was hard to stay on top of it and hard to even want to at some point even consume that like how how much black death can one consume how much Ever. ukraine war how much israel palestine can you even take before you crack mm -hmm. um so i had to um i just had to put myself first and like this is myself and give myself time to think and before i went and did action they were very like they lobbied in dc and stuff like that and i was just not at that level where i felt like i knew everything they were at a level where they felt like they knew everything and couldn't be told anything and i was oh i'm always trying to be a student and that that's what i wanted to comment on so from the outside looking in it very much appeared like they were telling you how to be black or how they that's thought so, you yeah. should how yeah. you should how they thought you should react and how they thought you should act as a black person mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. which to me is why it seems so performative because for me which how you know for it's me or for them problematic hmm? that's extremely problematic mm -hmm. um why didn't like uh your partner because mm. i was like bitch how you know like everyone yes. reacts and feels differently and there is no right way to be black and yeah. so for you and I was like I felt very much like they wanted to be seen and known and be like because I'm see I'm on the front lines I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing yeah. so like you have to be doing too if you want to if you want to be helpful and it's like that's not the only way to be helpful yeah um so I really was that's why I was like it seemed very performative like maybe maybe they do really care about Black Lives Matter but baby you wanted to be seen they weren't as bad as the people that were going to protest to take the pictures and stuff just yeah. to do that yeah. but it very much seemed calculated and um sorry uh, i was just gonna say that kind of turned me that even further turned me away from uh my friends at that time because 
it was post this, post this, post this. Everybody's posting on their story or or um, stuff like that, and it got to a point where um, they would they were in my ear so much. I was texting my friends like, "Why aren't you posting? Why aren't you saying things? Why aren't you donating?" And that even that pushed me further away from my my friends because I was doing what they wanted and they weren't, so they were wrong. Um, but I've definitely had to learn like with the whole there was um there was attacks on asian people and my friends are asian and um i felt like i had to post something because i was like i can't be a hypocrite and then i would like call them and talk to them about it um and they were just like dude like i don't care so it's like people are just gonna take like they care obviously but they're not going to they're not ones to even have social media or posts like that and have to have everyone knowing that you are some person that is on the front lines at all times like even with um no nah, that's that we're getting off topic but there's a lot of things that that pop up where I'm like do I need to speak on that do people really need to know how I care about that um I think you do it I think you have to just do it yeah like, because you from yeah stuff, because you want but, to um there's the added layer of the them being um non-binary and so like you guys here is calling this person they them like that is their pronouns so they were non-binary they are non-binary um they go by they them pronouns they also mm -hmm. consider themselves to be trans um so it was just like that, was that hum that puts another added layer onto the relationship because it is now a queer relationship. So it's yes. like you're saying it's a racial relationship. So there's that aspect of it, that that dynamic. Mm -hmm. And then you have to also um, be sensitive and be knowledgeable about, you know, LGBTQ, um, have awareness about it and, and how that plays into your relationship. <laughs> yes. um, and then of course, them being such a, um, such a person who was trying to take on all this social she they were very much a social justice warrior so mm -hmm. it was not just black lives matter it was very much trans was uh, trans identity gay rights all that stuff so if isaiah was not on board with all of these social uh, justice issues then they were against them and i remember isaiah sent me like a screenshot of a conversation where he was going to hang out with his friends and um by this time they um Isaiah had already broken up with his partner and was like hey um you're going to hang out with these transphobes they they're transphobes mind you they didn't have any issues with transgender people or gay people it was just this person that they didn't mm. like but mm. because they didn't like them this person all of a sudden they were transphobes they were transphobic mm -hmm. and that that was another issue that I had with, yes like, um some people just don't like you and, and that's yeah. the argument for a lot of people too but mm. anyway that's a different subject this person just sounds like they're missing a little bit more education around white privilege <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think that's like, really great <laughs> like yeah. it's like they really didn't recognize that their privilege was what allowed them to and like you can't rely on marginalized identities to do the work at the level that you do and the way that you do and we yeah. all show up differently and to mm -hmm. validate that in the mm -hmm. you know with your friends and family and so just almost there that person yeah almost um <laughs> if, just... if it's genuine of course but yes yeah sure.
Um, it really it really did, does and did come off as if they were so privileged like you don't know about this because I know about this so yeah. why don't you know about this maybe um, hold other white people that accountable yeah. <laughs> and I was like you know that, that you shouldn't worry yeah. about like, obviously we have to live it you know right. <laughs> but I remember there's a term there's a name for this like a term for what they were doing Their um, where it's like they're so they're so conscious that they're not e- that they regress back right into the white privilege that they they're trying to call out and then they when you call them out on that white privilege they get offended because they're like oh I've done this work I've done all this work don't you see I've done all this work Girl, you still got a little uh, yeah but it's like <laughs> but you got to recognize when you 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 doing a little too much that's that's what he was saying like humility she's missing a lot of humility it's like it's great that you're involved in everything but you still clearly are missing certain aspects about your own identity like or your own action so uh, yeah yeah. holding back uh sorry what were we gonna say oh i was gonna say holding holding back the ego is Mm -hmm. whether you do that through meditation or whatever religion or whatever astrology or whatever whatever practices you use to self-care to, anything you know? to do your ego just to know that you're not the only person who is deserving and uh, you know so you don't feel like you're superior to anyone else but I think that's a flaw of diversity training because the training is like you arrive when you know the curriculum right and it's mm-hmm. not true mm-hmm. so sometimes that's just a flaw in yeah. It is. How? Go ahead. Oh, I, go ahead. Who, who's talking? I'm sorry. I thought I thought Shana was gonna ask a question. <laughs> I was gonna Anna. ask a question, but I mean, I was gonna just gonna say how, like, how do you think? Because we already talked about how our mom received this person, and I do remember you saying when you first started dating them, how mom was very vocal about not liking them. Mm-hmm. And you were like, you don't like them because they're white. And mom was like, no, I don't like them because I don't like them. Ah. Yeah, that was the story with everyone, though. Friends, they were like, we don't care. And, um, you know, I, I know with, with comedians now and with nowadays in the past couple of years, there's been a lot of trouble when it came oh, to what wow. they said mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and um, so some of the jokes that my friend said I'm not gonna act like it was like oh fine and Danny I was like oh uh it's never cool to to say like say someone says like they identify as trans and you go ah or like oh my my pronouns are they them can you please use them and it's um it wasn't I don't think um that my friends initially were as um comfortable or as willing to be like okay we accept them and and then maybe that is a direct reflection back on me. Maybe I wasn't, maybe I wasn't like there and truly uh, wanted to be with this partner. As I said, I don't, we started off, we lived together right from the bat and there was no time to be separate. It was always just like, all right, now I was on board with them and um, did what they wanted. Um, there was, it was, there was just never time to, to get on the right page and really feel like I um supported them because initially I went into the relationship for me for sex and so it wasn't even it wasn't ideal thank you so much for um sharing your story we kind of digged into a lot of like other topics which I, <laughs> I, 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 I warnings and <laughs> <laughs> 
literally i'm like we we couldn't have to put a trigger warning in the beginning of the episode i'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry warning. may, like, may detail some ch- childhood trauma so. oh my gosh yes you, you, but, yes um, same same thing for kendrick's album too then his yeah. he digs into all those things trust me Jeez, Louise. but um thank you for sharing your story it was you know yeah. pleasure having you come back and join mm-hmm. us for more discussions mm-hmm. um can you share with the people where they could find you your social media or um yeah i'd say um instagram is um the letter i underscore taylor 11 um and then on on there it kind of leads to everything else i have like the podcast and there's um donation links um within that link tree i believe mm-hmm. okay. um what's the name of your podcast it's the zay smr it's like asmr um z-a-y smr um I'm gonna, yeah thank you i'm gonna get back to it i'm probably gonna dive a, a little bit deeper into everything that i just kind of spoke on today as well so i'm excited i'm excited to because it was like a form of therapy i got to oh. um it was and i was talking to someone and they were like you know you, you kind of battled with whether you should do this or not and why people even want to hear you but i'm telling you everything you just said to me was empowering so hopefully i can do that for one person and then two people and then three so awesome well thank, thank you. you and jess of course um where can we follow you <laughs> Yeah, I'm still on a social media hiatus, but people can find me. Um, STEM and Thread is my small business that will be launching for Juneteenth. Um, so STEM and Thread. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And of course, uh, our podcast page is This Is Just My Opinion underscore podcast. And my individual Instagram is Cassie underscore in underscore progress. And Shay Shay. Is they call me Nico and my, you know, TikTok. Go for it. it. Girl, I girl, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> uh, they call me Nico and uh the, the Twitter is they call me Nico one. So yeah. Oh, awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us on another great episode of This Is Just My Opinion. Please leave a comment, subscribe to us. And if you made it this far, you are a real one because we talked about some rooted shit today. So um, thank you again, guys, for joining us. And we will check you guys next time.